It's going to depend on the situation, obviously. But be patient. Look at the big picture. And then make the, the, the right choice, the smart choice for you, given the, given the specifics of the scenario. Episode 1021 of Diz Runs Radio is a quick tip episode. Today's quick tip, stay patient if you fall off your pace. All right, y'all, real quick before we dive into today's quick tip, just a quick reminder or maybe a first time hearing about the giveaway that I do each month. If you've been around for a while, you know, you've heard me mention this because I mention it at least once a month, sometimes a couple times in a month. Uh, But if you're new around these parts, at the beginning of each new month, I give away a free training plan, a a free 16 weeks of coaching, working with me, uh, whether it it ends in a race or whether it's just kind of a getting back on track or whatever you whatever you kind of need your your call. You can use it whenever you need it. So if you win it, you don't have to cash it in right away. You can sit on it for a few months, a year, whatever. Uh, But when you're ready, I give away a free coaching plan, 16 week plan. Same thing that you would get if you paid for it. Only you don't pay for it. You get it for free because it's a giveaway. That's kind of how those things work. Um, but I like doing it. I really enjoy doing it. And if you would like to have a free coach for, you know, 16 weeks, uh, you got to be in it to win it. So get your name in the hat, get your, get your, uh, get your chance to win your, your, your ping pong balls, if you will, depending on, you know, how you do your lottery or or how, how you envision this whole thing works out. Uh, one way or the other, the way to get entered is over at disruns.com slash giveaway, or you can also enter right from the homepage at disruns.com. There's a, you know, click here type of button. It it brings up a little pop-up, bada boom, bada bam. You enter your name, you enter your email address, and, uh, then you're in it and you only have to enter once you're automatically re-entered each and every month. And, uh, you know, one of these months, maybe just maybe the random number generator will smile upon you. And, uh, you know, you'll, you'll get that little, uh, that little shot of, of uh, excitement in uh, the, the email that comes out that has the winner winner thing in the subject line that says, Hey, you've won. Let me know. Let's get to work. So disruns.com slash giveaway or right at the homepage, disruns.com. Get yourself entered into the free training plan giveaway and uh, may the odds be ever in your favor. So today talking a little bit about patience, something that runners are known to have, right? Like, like we, as we, as a people, we <laughs> shoot, we, as a people, as humans, and especially we, as a people, as runners, we're good at being patient, right? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Oh man. If, if I could, if I could wave my magic wand and give one thing to all the folks I coach, it would be just the patience, the, the, just the endless supply of patience. And we would always get to where we wanted to be eventually because, you know, patience, but, uh, you know, Again, kind of tongue in cheek, we don't tend to be the most patient people, but in multiple instances, multiple areas of running, being patient can kind of be a pretty solid asset, a good trait to have, even if it's something you have to work at. And and it, this can be especially true when we talk about some of the number foci, foci, focuses, definitely not focuses, foci, some of the number foci that we have in our sport. Because, you know, if you think about it, whether you're a math person or not, there, there's a lot of numbers that get get bantered around when it comes to uh, our sport that we try to keep track of. We try to hit certain marks, whether it's distances, whether it's paces, splits on race day, um, whatever the case may be. Suits, splits in a workout. Like, like there's so many different number things that come into play. And a lot of our goals are number-based as well. You know, maybe not every goal, but... A lot of us have goals that are number driven, whether it's PRs at, at certain races, maybe BQs or qualifying for other events by, by finishing under a certain time. 
um, maybe there's mileage targets that you have. You're trying to get a certain number of miles in in a month or in a year or whatever. Uh, maybe you have some ridiculous goal, like I may or may not have mentioned about what my marathon target goal is that I'm dreadfully behind the pace on. Um, but you know, maybe you want to run a certain number of marathons in a lifetime or in a decade or or whatever whatever the case might be. What the things are doesn't matter necessarily, at least not for the discussion for today. But the the point being that if you have some big goals, whether it's a single race, whether it's a lifetime, anywhere in between, that are numbers focused, odds are, at least at some level, maybe just in the back of your mind, but at some level, you've probably broken down those numbers into something that resembles chunks, checkpoints, you know, roadmap type of situation. Um, without, without trying to be too vague, you know, cause I'm going to get into some specific examples today, but like maybe the most obvious one, or at least the most common one would be, you know, a race day goal. You're trying to, to set a PR, you're trying to hit a certain time goal. And I'm going to talk about the marathon, I think a little bit, I don't know, but it, this of course applies to any distance. Um, but you know, if, if you're trying to hit a four hour marathon, it doesn't take a lot of, of number crunching and there's Plenty of online calculators available that'll tell you that you need like a 906, 905 per mile pace to hit a four-hour marathon. And again, this this translates wherever we want to go. It translates to number of miles in a year. You might break it down to how many miles do I need in a month? And then maybe how many miles do I need in a, in a week? Uh, maybe even how many miles in a day, depending on your situation, just to have an idea of where you need to stay on track to hit your goals. And that's not a bad thing. That's not even remotely a bad thing. In fact, I would go so far as to say it's a good thing because trying to chase a big goal can be daunting at times. But if you can say, Hey, you know, my goal is to run a race in every state and I'm just getting started. And this year I want to just, you know, tick off three states and the next year I want to tick off five, whatever. It gives yourself some type of trajectory to stay on something to, to feel like I've got some small wins. These eventually build up to the big wins. I get it. I love it. I'm a fan. The problem comes when life inevitably happens and for one reason or another, you fall behind your pace. You fall behind your pace. What happens? How do you react? How do you respond? Again, going back to to the lead in today, as a people and as a subset of people that are us as runners, we tend to not like the idea of being behind the pace. So we try to... First of all, we try to stay perfect. We try to make sure that we're staying right on on target. And that's not, in theory, that's not a bad thing. I'm not trying to say that it is a bad thing. But sometimes the, the amount of, of mental effort and energy and stress that we put on ourselves to be perfect maybe maybe is, is a thing that comes back to haunt us down the road. You know, and thinking about race specifically, if you're trying to hit that 905, 906 pace for, for your marathon and you run... 9:12 or 8:57 like that's okay you're fine you're still in the in the right window but sometimes if you're trying to be too perfect it takes too much mental energy to try to slow down or speed up or slow down or speed up or, or do both you know slow down one leg and speed up the other leg hopefully we don't do too much of that but the point being you're trying to you're you're putting too much focus on being perfect instead of just being close but but sometimes whether you're trying to be perfect or not, you definitely fall behind. Maybe you run a, a, a 945 mile when you're trying to be in that 905, 906 window. 
And then it's like, oh, snap. What do we do? The impatient among us, sometimes, the at least, maybe not always, but at least there's, a, there's some type of an urge, usually, some type of an inclination to say, all right, I need to drop the hammer, get back on pace. So you run that 945 and you're like, all right, well, the next one's got to be 8, 815, 820 because that'll put me back on pace and then I can settle back in at nine minute pace. You know, if you're trying to do the, the 50 state thing and the goal was to get three, you only got two. Next year, the goal was to get five. Well, shoot, now I got to get six so I can get back on pace. That's not necessarily the best strategy. I'm not saying it's a bad strategy. I'm not saying it it's, should never be be done. But what I am saying is that sometimes we need to take a step back and think about it a little bit. Because where you are in, in, a, in relation to the end goal, where you are in relation to the, the finish line, whether we're talking about a literal finish line on race day or a proverbial finish line of 50 states or X number of miles or whatever, is going to at least play a factor, should play a factor into how you respond. If you're close to the end and you, and you feel yourself dipping, well then yeah, I mean, maybe it makes sense to hammer. You know, if you're at mile 25 of your marathon and that last mile got a little bit, and mile 25 got a little bit slow for the pace, and you've been on pace the whole way, well, yeah, you be, like, if you're going to hit the mark, you're going to have to drop the hammer in mile 26, and you got a, you know, a couple tenths of a mile also, but you better get after it because you don't have time to wait. If you can physically do it, it's time to go. But what if you're at the early stages? What if you're at mile one? Does it make sense to drop the hammer at mile two to get back on track? Or would you be better off staying patient? I would argue, and I'm about to give some examples of why, being patient might be the better choice. Admittedly, I am sometimes a patient person uh, almost to a, to a negative, you know, almost too patient. You know, if somebody says they're going to do something, I may not follow up for months. You know, fun, fun fact, true story. I was following up with some people that I'd reached out to about potentially being, you know, guests on the podcast recently. And, um... I kind of, I keep a loose track. Um, I wouldn't say it's a spreadsheet, but it's not a spreadsheet. I don't, I, spreadsheets and me don't really get along, but I have a Trello board. For those of you that speak Trello, I have a Trello board of people that I've reached out to, people that have expressed interest, people that I've followed up with, recorded, blah, 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 blah. And I was going through my list of people that I'd reached out to once, hadn't followed up with yet. And I got scrolling a little bit and it's like, oh yeah, I, I reached out to this person. Like I should, I should follow up with them. It's been a while, but I should follow up with them. I look back at when I last reached out to him. It's been almost two years. Somehow I got lost in two years of, of this person saying, oh yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get something on the schedule soon. I was like, all right, cool, done. Fell off my radar. Two years later, I'm following up. So sometimes I'm, I'm a little bit too patient. If I would have followed up with this, this person, you know, four months, five months later, probably would have had the episode recorded right now. Might even be setting in on a episode two before long. Um, but instead we're back to trying to get episode one, you know, the, the first time, the first chat uh, on the show lined up one of these days. So we'll see. Anyway, all that to say, sometimes I can be a, a little bit like patience is kind of my default. Patience may not be your default, but it might be something that at least when you're chasing some of these big running goals, these, 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 especially number focused in some form or fashion running goals, you might see some benefit from becoming, or at least trying to become a little bit more patient if you fall off the pace, especially if it's early. So a couple of personal examples, 
You're welcome. I'm going to talk about myself some more. Uh, but a couple of, of, of legitimate, 100% real examples that either just happened or I'm currently in the midst of where I'm de- leaning into my default of being patient. Be- certainly because I think that it's the best option in these scenarios, but also because I think that a lack a lack of patience in these areas, aka by trying to catch up real quickly when I realized or am in the process of realizing that I'm behind the pace, the risk isn't worth it. The chance of things going wrong by being impatient early is too high to make it worth to make it worth going for it. Whereas staying patient, chipping away, is in my view, for me, in these situations, 100% the right call. So two examples where um, being patient is a good thing. I view, I feel one of them for sure. One of them I'm confident because one of them's already happened and it worked out well. And that was a celebration half marathon that I ran a couple few weeks ago. You probably heard me talk about it. At least if you've been around a while, like last week's quick tip focused on it. Uh, there was a lot of chatter in the Facebook group about it. Like it's been something that's been talked about a few times and, um, it was a, it was a good race. It was a good race. And, and you, you probably have heard me say that my goal for the race was to PR. And I did, I, I PR'd by a little over five minutes, which was bigger than I had anticipated going for. But you know, sometimes the stars align. Sometimes you feel good. Sometimes the weather cooperates and Hey, go for it. Right. Strike, strike when the iron is hot, except it wasn't hot from the get go. It wasn't hot temperature wise at all. But when I started the race, just to set the context, my PR coming into it was like one hour, 45 minutes and a couple of seconds. I think it was four, maybe five, whatever. It was one forty-five and change coming in. And my goal was to go one sub one forty-five. 144.59, I'm happy with. Anything better than that, icing on the cake. And so to go 144 high, I needed to be eight minute flat pace. I think if you break it down exactly, eight flat is like 144, 52, 53. Of course, I'm not expecting to run every single tangent perfectly. So, you know, I wanted to be eight minute pace, maybe just a touch under to make sure I could get under 145. So we get to the race. I don't know that I broke this down last week. I don't think I did. Um, it was a chilly morning. It was like legitimately like 30 degrees, 31 degrees. And it, it's, it's the type of race where you don't have to get to the starting line early. You can sit in the, in the car and kind of mosey up right at the last minute. And they even were given the option of leaving the starting line open for like 15, 20 minutes. So that, you know, because everybody crunched together and, and it's Florida. So, you know, COVID has been a, a thing down here and Omicron was kind of big at the time. It still is kind of big, I guess at this point, a couple weeks later. So they were like, Hey, if you don't want to be in that crowded bunch waiting to start the race, you can straggle up, you know, 10, 15 minutes later. And of course it's all chip time. So no big deal. Like that's the time that you start the race. So I was sitting in the car waiting till kind of the last minute. I wasn't necessarily trying to wait till well after the race started to start, but I wasn't also excited about standing outside in the 30 degree weather for any longer than I had to until I was starting to run. Cause then, you know, then we're going to be fine. So I got to the, got to the starting line, had some pants on over my shorts, stripped those off and gave those to Rebecca. And I think I started maybe a minute after the race started. No big deal. But the point being, there wasn't a big warm up, It wasn't a big hoopla. I was in the, in the crowd, certainly in the crowd, knowing that I needed to run or I wanted to run. My target pace was about eight minutes per mile. I'm feeling pretty good. Really wasn't boxed in. It wasn't like that big of a race, but I, you know, getting off to what I felt like was a pretty good start get to the first mile, feel my, my watch vibrate, take a, take a look. It was like eight thirty five, eight thirty six, something like that. All right. All right. I feel good. 
I'm certainly still kind of warming up, you know, like both both literally and metaphorically, I guess, you know, like still still kind of a little bit chilly at that point, still starting to generate some body heat. Of course, the, the legs have been, you know, sitting in the car for an hour as far as travel time, things like that. I didn't get through my whole warm-up routine. So, like, you know, still warming up. No need to panic. No need to panic. 8.35, well below where I want to be. And I certainly don't want to string together a bunch of 8.35 miles because then, you know, realistically, then I've got a pretty big mountain to climb over the last half of this half marathon that I'd rather, you know, rather try to try to not have to deal, have to do. But I also wasn't going to panic about being 30 seconds or 35 seconds per mile slower than I wanted to be. At this point, I started, I started to pass some folks, of course, not that the race was, was thinned out at this point, but there was room to move and I didn't have to bob and weave as much. So I just kind of settled in, pushed just a touch harder, get to the second mile. It was right about eight flat, eight flat, eight Oh one. All right. Now I'm, now I'm on the pace. Body's starting to feel good. Just going to just kind of kind of settle in and cruise. Keep an eye on my pace, but not be a slave to it. Not be, not be locked into, I have to be at eight minute pace per mile or at seven, seven fifty seven pace or seven fifty five pace to try to trim away at those 30 seconds. Like I'm just going to kind of let the next few miles play out, run by feel, see what happens. Now, unintentionally, I ended up running almost every mile after the first two, somewhere between seven thirty and seven forty. Uh, but that was just because it felt good. I wasn't trying to make up the 30 seconds I lost. I was just kind of like, Hey, I'm feeling all right. And, and in a moment of, of honesty in the back of my mind, I thought maybe a 140 finish was doable. Maybe, but I knew that to, to do that, I needed to be whatever that worked out to be 735, 738, maybe 740 pace, something like that. I was, I kind of had it in my head that seven, 730 was about where I was going to need to be. Um, so when I saw 7.30 after mile three, eh, it's all right. I feel good. I'll cruise. Wasn't trying to make up the split. It was just like, it, it, things are things are lining up pretty good. Let's see what happens. And more or less, I stayed there. If you look at my, my stats on Strava or whatever, like, I mean, there's some variance. It wasn't perfect. I wasn't evenly split every mile, but I ended up at 139.57 or something like that. So I, I beat my 140. Um, ended up with a pace that was, I think it was about a 737, 738 pace. So a full minute per mile faster than my first mile. And in large part, I think that was because I didn't panic. I didn't overreact when I ran my first mile slower than I wanted to for my original goal. Well, slower than I would have liked to have been to try to really make a run at the stretch goal, but I just chipped away. I just chipped away. I still had 10 miles to go, 11 miles to go, 12 miles to go after the first mile. I mean, if we're doing the math, honestly, I had plenty of time to just trim it, trim back. I didn't need to run a 7.30. I just needed to run a 7.50, a 7.55, and just stay there. I ended up going faster, but again, that was, that was just, hey, things worked out. But what I didn't do was try to make it all up after the first mile. And lo and behold, I was able to push pushed pretty steadily for the rest of the race. I had one little blip where I slowed down just a little bit at like mile 10, probably more mental than physical, but whatever it is what it is. Still didn't slow down too much. Finished well, stayed patient. Even though I was behind the pace at the beginning, finished well. Second example that I'm still in the midst of right now is that one of my goals for this year, I think I mentioned this, but I'll mention it again. Uh, one of my goals for this year and for the third year in a row is to run the year 
So if you're unfamiliar with that territory or what that what that exactly means, the year 2022, my goal is to run 2,022 miles. Uh, the last two years had it no problem. I think I think two years ago, the first time I did it in in the year 2000. Um, I ended up with 2,100 and something, 2,160, 70, I don't know, well over 2,000, good to go. Last year, in 2021, I ended up really well over 2,700 miles, that had a lot to do with craw and, and some of the virtual stuff that I was doing and, and whatever, it was fine. Um, coming into this year, I am not on pace to finish at 2,022 miles at this point, whatever we are, six and a half weeks, seven weeks into the year. I'm, I'm below pace. I'm off by, I think about 50 miles behind pace, which if you zoom out and you think about it just for a second, it's no big deal. No big deal to be 50 miles behind with over 300 days to go in the year. Like that's an extra 10th of a mile every day over the minimum requirement for the, for the situation to, to catch up or whatever, whatever it exactly turns out to be. I'm not worried about it. Why? Because I'm, I'm not so far behind pace that I have to do anything special to catch up. There's been a few reasons that so far this year, I've strategically or purposefully not run. A little bit of niggle at the start of the year, coming off of all the, the miles during crawl, knowing that I had a race coming up at the end of January. I was trying to get those things right without running too much. Coming out of the race, like I was, my legs were wrecked. Maybe not wrecked, but they were you know, I, like... My recovery from the 45 miler last year was easier and quicker than my recovery from the celebration half marathon in large part because the 45 miler, I was just cruising easy peasy. No big deal. 13.1. I was hammering. So it took longer to recover from a half marathon than it did from an ultra. It's to my, in my N equals one scenario. And in this, in this exact scenario, that's, that's the truth. So I had, had some recovery days built in more than I had expected to, to need, but that's what I needed. No factor. With, with 10 and a half months to go, I'm sure I'll find some miles somewhere. You know, my, shoot, my long runs, like the, if, if I just stay at the average of like five and a half per day, which is what they say you, you need for 365 days, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be one of you streakers. So I'm not going to do five and a half every day, but if I do five and a half Monday through Friday, mix in my long, my, just my normal standard long runs that are somewhere between, you know, 12 and 15 miles most weeks, I'll get it. No factor, no problem. So why would I rush to try to catch up that 50-mile deficit? Because if I'm honest, I mean, with two weeks left in February, maybe it would be too much to try to get the normal miles plus 50 more. But certainly, I could, have, I could without too much effort, be caught up by the end of March. In six weeks, I could more than make up those 50 extra miles, plus all the other miles that we need to come in. Add in a couple double days, do my long runs a little bit longer. Maybe maybe do a, a two week streak, you know, to like run a, a handful of miles on Sunday for for a couple weeks in a row. Like, no factor. But why? Why? When like that would take so much more effort than just hey, is what it is. Makes sense. Nothing to worry about. Keep with the normal routine. And if I get to December and I need to to up my mileage just a little bit by that point, I guarantee you by that point, it'll be less than 50 miles. Good health. Assuming, you know, good Lord willing that I stay healthy this summer, this spring, summer, fall, whatever. Um, by December, I think, I think I'll still be done by December 1st. And if not, it'll be a handful of miles that I'll still need to finish without any real extra effort 
by just staying patient and letting the process play out. And that's and that's my point, I guess, that I'm, you know, belatedly as per usual trying to get to is that each situation is going to be different. And like I said earlier, there's absolutely a time and a place where when you fall behind, catching up quickly is the right choice. Sometimes not even at the end of a race or at the end, you know, at the final home stretch. Sometimes if you know that, that there's XYZ is coming, maybe it makes sense to front load. Maybe it makes sense to, to, to go all in as soon as you realize you're falling behind to get caught up because there's going to be another thing that comes up in a few weeks or a few months that's going to slow you down. Maybe on race day, you got to get ahead of the pace because you know there's a gigantic climb somewhere in the middle of the race that is going to slow your pace down dramatically. So you, you might be better off spending a little extra energy at the beginning, especially if the first couple miles are slow, like or slower than you'd planned, you know, not slow specifically, but just slower than what your goal pace is. It might make sense to catch up quickly to maybe get back on track ASAP because, because later in the race, it's going to, there, there, there's unquestionably going to be a, a spot that's going to slow you down. So maybe the best rule of thumb, maybe the, the ultimate rule to follow when it comes to how to react when you fall behind the pace isn't to always stay patient and just take your time. Certainly isn't always to get right back, right on track right away. It's to stay patient in deciding how to respond. To look at the situation, look at why, why am I behind the pace a little bit? What's, what's the likely next phase of whatever, whatever it is, whether it's the annual mileage chase or PR attempt, or just this first workout, you know, like the first split of a, of a repeat workout, whatever it is, why didn't I hit the mark? How much does, does crushing it in the next, the next phase set me up for success or maybe make it harder to be successful long, long the way and then make the right choice for you, given this situation, given the specifics to go forward. I think in most cases, staying patient and chipping away over time, probably the better default, but not always the right answer. Jumping to a quick conclusion, jumping to a rash solution, jumping to, I should always do X or I should always do Y. Definitely not the right solution. So that's where you need to stay patient. That's where you need to just take a beat. And maybe it's just a quarter of a mile during a race, or maybe it's a week of training, whatever it is. It's going to depend on the situation, obviously, but be patient. Look at the big picture and then make the, the, the right choice, the smart choice for you. Given the, given the specifics of the scenario, shout out to my girl, Susie Lemmer been on the show a couple times. Um, but that was something that stood out to me from her first time on the show. I don't know if she's still coaching, but she certainly was, it was a coach run coach back in the day. Um, and that was her, like, that was her final bit of advice for her athletes on race. day was to make smart choices. And anytime I think about making smart choices, I think of Susan, I think in this situation, she nailed it, whether she meant to or not fall behind on your pace, make the smart choice about how you respond probably. And to her point, something to consider on a lot of choices. Let's make a smart choice given the situation based on your goals, what you want the outcome to be, what you expect the results of your reaction will, will dictate. Sometimes go hard. Sometimes just keep on keeping on, but make the smart choice for you. And a lot of times that means being patient with making that decision. So there you go. There's my thoughts on making smart choices when you fall off the pace. 
And typically that means staying patient, at least with making the choice and then go from there. Uh, what do you think? Did I get it right? Did I get it wrong? What are, how do you handle it on race day or with big goals or whatever the case, if you fall behind your pace, do you roll with it? Do you get back on track? Do you do something else? Let me know at Diz runs on Twitter at Diz runs on Instagram. You can slide into the DMS or leave a post or whatever the case might be. Always love to hear from you. You can also send an email to disruns at gmail.com. And of course you can head over to the show notes for today all the memes, all the gifs, all the nonsense, and that comment section down at the bottom, disruns.com slash 1021, disruns.com slash 1021. I'll get you back to the show notes for today. Leave your thoughts and feedbacks there as well. And while you're on the website, not for nothing, but you can click over to the homepage and click get yourself entered into the giveaway. Disruns.com slash giveaway is another way to get yourself entered one way or the other. You got to be in it if you want to win it. And the win it, pri- the win it part, the prize part, is a, a free training plan put together by yours truly specifically for you. No no copy and pasted nonsense, nothing half-baked, nothing one-size-fits-all. Uh, like I said, I think I said earlier, 100% the same level of commitment and care and thought and effort that goes into it as if you paid me, only you don't pay me. You just get it for free because that's how giveaways work. So disruns.com slash giveaway, get yourself entered to win it. And with that, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up. Uh, another another not so quick, quick tip, but hey, I, you know, at this point, are we surprised? I, I think it'd be more of a, of a shocker if I actually wrapped one of these up in 12 minutes as opposed to crossing the 30-minute barrier. So, you know, I guess it is what it is. You're welcome. I'm sorry. Somewhere in there. Uh, but anyway, one way or the other, y'all have a good one. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the time and the attention. Thanks for taking me with you wherever it was we went today. And if you enjoyed this one or if you if you, if you know somebody, one of your running friends that would benefit from staying patient with making the choices, whether it's pace related or not, hit that share button and spread the word. Until next time, be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, all right? See you. <laughs>